I know you got the Summer T3 issue, but I'm kind of curious. Is there like, I mean, AM's a given, but is there like an, oh, is there like a local album yeah. that isn't like your favorite? Well, okay. So, so do we want to run down? Uh, yeah, I don't want to go album by album necessarily, but um, we don't have to go a rundown. I mean, we have we have a TV show to talk about too, Jared. We, we do, but um, I mean, people really want to hear my opinions on Wilco, I'm sure, and their discography. Um, but it's uh, so. I mean, Summer Teeth is up there in the top five for me. Mm-hmm. Um, the ones that I probably listen to least are AM. Yeah. And Star Wars. Okay. Um, and everything else, like Sky Blue Sky, I don't go to a ton, but it's got a few of my favorite tracks on there. Mm-hmm. Um, Please Be Patient With Me is, is like my anthem. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like every relationship, like romantic relationship I'm in, mm-hmm. that the, the woman needs to hear that song. Um, because it feels like Jeff Tweedy wrote it about me. Um, and <laughs> uh, then, um, you know, and it's got Impossible Germany on yeah. there too. And that's that's one of the best Wilco songs of all time. That's what I was about to say. Um, like it's got, yeah, it's got Impossible Germany on it. Yeah. And You and I, which is a, a great. That's you know, off of Wilco, the album, actually. Oh, that is. You're right. My bad. Way to correct me on my Wilco knowledge. <laughs> It'll be the only time. <laughs> but I, you know, I, I find, um, speaking of Wilco the album, I go to that one a lot. I, like, I think Wilco the album is great. Wilco the song, I think, is a gem. It always gets me, gets me moving. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I mean, it's got the immortal line, Wilco loves you, baby. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. <laughs> do you have a do you have a favorite Wilco album? Um, I know it should be Yankee Foxtrot Hotel, um, or Yankee Hotel. Foxtrot. Exactly. Um, it's late. <laughs> um, I've had about a fourth of White Claw. Um, so, but no. Um, I actually really dig A Ghost Is Born. Um, oh, that one's that one is a lot of fun mm-hmm. though too. That's that's. Jeff Tweedy's like mm-hmm. the closest he gets to his rock god mm-hmm. album, you know, because um, Jay Bennett was out and he was doing all the lead guitar parts. Yeah, um, mm-hmm. and it's probably the one I probably go to the most. Though I probably go Star Wars more often than I thought I did. Um, really? Yeah, that's interesting. Um, I don't go Schmilko a whole heck of a lot. Oh, see. I, I like Schmilko because I usually like more reflective Wilco. I, mean, I don't and I don't um, like, and that's the thing. I don't like not like it. I just yeah. don't. Well, and that's the thing. I mean, when I'm talking shit about AM, it's AM is still way better mm. than so many other mm. records. Star Wars is way better than so many other. You know, there's. I don't think that there's a bad Wilco. Album. Yeah. Um. Um. I, I like the whole love. I used. I went to that a lot. Um, when I moved to, yeah, that's a really good one too. Um, I mean, plus it's, they really haven't, it's interesting because I think Tweety, at least lyrically has gotten more and more 
uh, impressionistic as the Wilco albums have gone mm-hmm. on. Because basically, once you get past the the whole love, there's his um, a lot of the lyrics become a little bit more obscure mm-hmm. and philosophical. I feel yeah, and um, I, um, Star Wars didn't click for me until I heard the Song Exploder episode on Magnetize. Oh. And that happens a lot more lately. Um, I'll listen like the Arcade Fire, last Arcade Fire album, Everything Now. I did not like that album. And then I heard the mm. song explorer about it. About the um, Put Your Money on Me and I'm like going. And then the rest of the album kind of fell into place. And I'm like, this does not. Like I've completely misjudged this album. It's actually kind of brilliant, um, and that's kind of why it was with Star Wars. Like they did the one on Magnetize, and then kind of the rest of the album kind of clicked for me. Um, Magnetize. I haven't heard the song Exploder, but Magnetized is my favorite. Song oh, it's on mine the too. Album. And like that, because to hear Tweety explain what that song's about. Um, what he or the, what the lyrics are about, and plus, I just—I mean, it's just the way it, um, just the way it sounds, the way it, you know, just—he's really good at creating, um, a good fe- like feelings. I mean, just like a mood. Um, I—I'm yeah. I'm sure I'm stating the obvious here. I'm not saying anything profound, <laughs> um, but. I find, particularly with Magnetize, the, the mood he creates um, is a little calming, a little, um, you know, it's full of warmth. Um, I just, um, I dig it a lot. And that kind of made the rest of Star Wars kind of click for me. Um, and maybe one day I'll get with Schmilko. It took me a while for, and to as we've discussed many times before, I got into Wilco kind of late um, in the game, so I'm. Well, let's let's. I I, I know we want to yeah. get in, into the show, but um, I, I've got some more things to say on Wilco. Okay. Uh, but I want to ID the show before we we get too far in the weeds here. So this is the uh, so this is what the Wilco. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Jared. I'm Jason. You can find us at What the Fork Pod um, on Twitter and Instagram. You can email us whatthefourkpod at gmail.com. Uh, please subscribe uh, or follow. I heard Stitcher is moving to uh, follow instead of subscribe. So. Okay. But anyway, regardless of what the function is, uh, you know, follow our feed. And. Uh, uh, if you could rate or review us wherever you're listening as well, that would be greatly appreciated. And, you know, uh, sp- spread the, the, the show love. Tell your yeah. friends. Um, and, and it's very, contrary, very helpful. And contrary to popular belief, this will not turn into a Nash Bridges podcast. <laughs> <laughs> no. I, 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 to, to clear things up, I, you know, <laughs> I, I, I never had any intention of doing that. I know. Um, I just, it was on TV last night, and I thought, this is a moment. (laughs) (laughs) 
I I don't think it's a bad show. Um, I you know it's just it, it's 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 not something that I want to spend you know mm-hmm. uh, a bunch of time talking about. I, and um, if you would like to talk about Nash Bridges with Jared, he can be reached at LTD underscore engagement on Twitter. Drop the underscore like it's hot for the instas. And then, um, if you want to talk mad about you or uh, you know what what uh, what day isn't Paul Reiser's birthday, uh, you can find Jason at Jason E Kyle K E I L on both Twitter and Instagram. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, that's uh, um, <laughs> speaking of Paul Reiser's birthday, um, sci- uh, science fiction and fantasy author uh, R A. Salvatore, um, mm-hmm. uh, liked uh, one of um, Jen's tweets. Um, when she retweets oh. the, um, is today Paul Reiser's birthday, and she tagged Paul today. Um, <laughs> so I'm scared. <laughs> mm. I'm I'm scared he'll he'll not take this as the um, he'll take this the wrong, he'll take it the wrong way. <laughs> well, I mean, wh- what? How is he going to take it? It, it? It's not Paul Reiser's birthday. <laughs> it's true. I just I don't want him to be um, insulted or to figure out. You know, I don't know. I just I shouldn't worry. I'll tell him how much we like Red Oaks. And um, <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll yeah, tell how much. Be like, hey, Paul Reiser, come on. I'll the tell show. how much I like Red Oaks. <laughs> I'll tell how much I like Aliens. And <laughs> what a stand of my two dads I am. <laughs> uh, so, <laughs> and we'll skip over. I see what you're doing. We'll here. skip over the seven years. Uh, <laughs> I'm just. I'm scared he'll go down the wormhole that is what the fork <laughs> and and find out exactly how much I like mad about you and you do not exactly that's why I'm and that's why I'm mm-hmm. frightened of and then the season the sister will come <laughs> like yeah I, I don't I don't think you have to be scared of Paul right I'm scared dude do you I mean, did you see what... Have you seen Aliens? Have you seen what he did to Ripley? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so, but so Wilco. Yeah. Let's let's wrap up this discussion on Wilco. Um, you were saying that you came to Wilco late. At what point did you pop into to, uh, onto the Wilco train? I popped in... I mean, we've had this discussion many times, so we can keep it short, I'm sure, but probably about 2010, because I chose... I chose poorly when it came when um when um Day Jeff and um uh I'm t- Oh that's yeah. right. You went with Jay. Yeah, when Day Jeff and Day Jay fought and I, I I chose to go I chose to go home with Day Jay. Um <laughs> and then Jay left me, uh or I left I, I, I left him. Uh, and but I, I remained stubborn and I didn't and, and I just kind of fell into and actually I think it was 
Ghost is Born that just kind of was like, uh, I was listening to Handshake Drugs and kind of resonated a little bit and just, just went down the wormhole, man. So... You know, so I, I, I'm sure I've probably mentioned this before, but I, I didn't hear um, Uncle Tupelo first. Um. What The way I heard of Wilco was um, through the uh, the Mermaid Avenue album with Billy Bragg, because right. I was already a huge Billy Bragg fan. Mm. And then I got Mermaid Avenue. I'm like, who are these Wilco guys? I, I like how they sound. Mm-hmm. So then I think at that time, the newest Wilco was Summer Teeth. Right. Uh, which goes back to the top of the show, actually. So that was actually the, that was the first Wilco album I bought. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so I was, I was already into them uh, when the whole thing with Yankee Hotel Foxtrot went down. Yeah. So I was reading in the music press about how, you know, how that whole saga before the, the documentary on it came out, uh, which is I, to this day, it's one of my favorite music documentaries mm-hmm. that I am trying to break your heart. Uh, um, and it's, and go ahead. No, it's, it's, so, um, I actually, I, I'm, I'm sure I've told this story before cause it's, it's one of my, the best concerts that I've ever been to. And it came part of it's because of the setting part of it's because, um, you know, which, well, I'll, I'll just, so, um, this was after, it had to be 2004, because um, I saw that it was on the uh, A Ghost is Born tour, um, so it had to be around 2004, and I had just, for the final time, um, I don't want to say that. That sounds right. Um, gotten, was it 2004, 2002? Damn it. I have the ticket stub still. I could go find it and figure it out. <laughs> um, anyway. Um, so regardless, anyway, it, it was, it was, um, I had just split with my ex-wife Um and uh, there were there were a couple of concerts, a few concerts that I saw over this this period. Um, I saw Paul Westerberg on um, uh, solo, which is was an, an amazing experience, but has nothing to do with this. I saw Rilo Kiley at the Brick House, which is now no more, um, on their more adventurous tour. So this had to be around two thousand four. Uh, and then I saw I saw Wilco. At uh, at the Marquee, which is one of the very few concerts at the Marquee that I've ever ever enjoyed. Um, but I remember going through a really rough time. Um, the opening band was uh, Calexico. Oh wow! And um, the song that just kind of like broke me, and um, and like broke me open. So like a huge cathartic experience was. Um, the rendition that night of Misunderstood, and um, just I, I had I had an experience that um, yeah, it's one of those mo- moments where you feel like music saves your life, mm-hmm. and and that was one of them. So that con- consequently that that song and that album being there um, will always be 
in my top Wilco slots probably. Being there will probably always be my number one album. Yeah, I love that album too. I I I um see it's weird because like when I um when I lived in Detroit, Tup- uh, I I loved Uncle Tupelo because they played this on this Canadian adult alternative station. So <laughs> I joke mm. that like everything that ended up on the Scrub soundtrack, um, I had heard like a decade <laughs> before. <laughs> That's pretty um, funny. like Neil Lara and um like all those um like other guys uh that are on that soundtrack. I I really. I had heard on this Canadian radio station, but right when Yankee hotel, uh, Fox <laughs> Yankee hotel, Fox yes. right. you, you had yeah. it right when Yankee hotel Fox right came out. Like it was like a big deal. Um, and, and I was writing about music in Milwaukee at the time. And it seemed like any band from Chicago that came up to play in Milwaukee, would just cite the album as a reference and every mm. Milwaukee band um, just a year later, just followed that template. Even some going to the point where they would seek out Jay Bennett and record with him. Um, like in one band in particular, like yeah, we went down to Champaign Urbana and and just let Jay produce our album. Oh man, we got such good vibes from him. <laughs> <laughs> and 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 I, having now seen, um, I'm trying to break your heart. I'm like, you did, huh? <laughs> I think. I, I, yeah, because he did not come off well. Yeah. Um. Um. But. And it got to the point where I was just like, I'm so many people were imitating what they heard that I just didn't care. For, I wasn't even remotely interested in the end and the original. Um, huh. And that's why it took me so long because it seemed like every band that I covered in Milwaukee was either either copying Radiohead uh, or um, or Wilco. Um, it just, there was no like in between. Um, that definitely did feel that way for, for a time. Um, I remember when I first heard Dr. Dog, um, I thought, yeah, they're, they're doing Wilco. Yeah. Um, I mean, and I think that they evolved from that and became their own thing. And I actually really like that band. Me too. Um, but that particular album, which I think was called Fate, mm-hmm. um, when that one came out, that was very, that was heavily Wilco influenced. It's funny because so. I think the last time I saw Wilco, Dr. Dog was the opener. That, that makes hot sense. Ass, <laughs> that hot ass July it's show. On brand. <laughs> um, but um, that was. That was. I mean, so yeah, I, I'm just the, the whole point of that was that I didn't have that that uh, Jets versus Sharks thing. I didn't have that divide between uh, to, between choosing Jay Farrar or or Jeff Tweedy because I, I I didn't listen to Uncle Tupelo until I think after I got Summer Teeth and then grabbed the other two Wilco albums that were out there. I found 
Uncle Tupelo because I was there was no new Wilco album, mm-hmm. so I went back to to find that. And so consequently, when I listened to them, I was like, yeah, you know, the Jay Farrar songs are okay, but I'm a Jeff Tweedy guy all the way. So yeah, I, I again, it, you can blame the Canadians for this one. Blame Canada for this one. <laughs> they really got me into. They got me into like Whiskey Town, uh, like before Ryan Adams became an asshole. Um, well, to be fair, be, before he was publicly an yeah. asshole, I'm pretty sure that that um, I'm pretty at, sure. At yeah, I'm pretty point, sure he's always been, been an, an asshole. asshole for a long time. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I, I the station was just so great, and like I just they would play like a lot of stuff that like it, it kind of made my tastes. Um, I, I, I really do miss it. And um, it'd be, I don't think there's a, a Phoenix equivalent. Like the closest thing would probably be Chicago um, XRT FM. Oh, WXRT. Yeah. Which played Wilco, which plays Wilco like a lot. <laughs> so, but that's kind of. I mean, I've I have uh, like a couple of bootleg shows from from uh, you know XRT concerts. Mm-hmm. Um, They're a great station, and yeah, no. from what I, I mean, unfortunately, I don't know. At least not for a long time. Phoenix hasn't had that. Um, and there are a couple of good indies right now, but it's not mm-hmm. it's not the same. Mm-hmm. And um, we don't have like our you know, like our KCRW, we don't have like our, our, our big, I don't know, like taste making station. Yeah. It's the corporations, man. Being all uh, corporation. Yeah. Anyway, <laughs> that, that was, that was a, a little uh, stop on Wilco world. Yeah. Um, <laughs> um, anyway, uh, so should we, uh, talk about this, uh, good place episode? Yeah, was this? You know, so I was gonna look it up and I forgot. Was this the 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 last show before the winter break? Was this the last episode before? The I winter break? I should have looked it up. Um, I don't. I'm just curious because well, we can talk about it at the end because we'll talk about it at the okay. end. Um, we'll look it up between now and then. But yeah, let's let's get into it and um, uh, you know, I compiled our time. Mm-hmm stamps we basically have to watch the whole episode yeah because we have notes all over the yeah. place <laughs> uh you can probably talk over like my first one but um but what uh, we're doing season four episode seven uh help is other people uh the um the um synopsis per netflix is with one day left in the year simone reveals that she's suspicious Suspicious about the neighborhood, dash dash, and her investigation <laughs> could derail the entire experiment. Dum dum dum. I like, I like how Netflix can't spring for an M dash, <laughs> like the full. You know, it has to be a double dash. Huh? I hate M dashes, dude. Oh well, I hate. I love M dashes. It's one of my favorite punctuation. I hate M dashes. I really hate semicolons. I, you know, I'm, I'm curious, uh, you know, yeah, I use semicolons pretty sparingly. Um, cause you know, you might, most of the time you might as well just start a new sentence, yeah. but, um, 
I, I'm curious. <laughs> you must have hated editing my writing because I used M dashes all over the place. M dash is like the punctuation equivalent of fuck for me. Um, you it, know, conversationally, I use fuck all the time. It's probably my most most uh, oft used word. It, it didn't um, bother me, and you, you didn't use it as often, half as often as you think you did. Um, well, I probably use it more in when I'm writing fiction yeah. too. When I was writing. Um, you know, um, there was columns and stuff that didn't, uh, I probably didn't use it. There were much. several particular writers who shall remain nameless. Um, but, <laughs> and I'm sure they, and I, they probably use semicolons correctly, but I just hate them so much. Um, that I just immediately just put a period, just did the find and replace and put a period and capitalized next sentence. Um, that's how much I hate semicolons. Um, so for some reason of, um, semicolons always remind me, do you know who Victor Borgia is? Oh yeah. 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 You know, he's one of those people who's special. They frequently play during, or at least they used to play during PBS pledge drive. Yeah. And, um, that always, for some reason, um, he had that, that whole bit where he would go into, um, like the sounds of punctuation marks yeah. and his semicolon was yeah. <laughs> did you did you watch that after you uh, after a hot Saturday night of watching Lawrence Welk <laughs> dude I used to I, I used to really love the the pledge drive programming because they would they would play Victor Borgia a lot and they would also very frequently play one of my favorite music specials which was that black and white night um that roy orbison concert that has tom waits and springsteen and Elvis costello and bonnie Raitt, joe uh um sorry jackson brown jd souther i think mm-hmm. um t-bone burnett the list goes on and on there it's just a, a completely star studded um oh shit band have, to have you never seen it check out the next play for the next pledge drive no. Did they? Wow. Yeah, Never they used it. to play that like almost every pledge drive. Well, um, PBS for some reason doesn't come through my antenna. So, but I have the app. Yeah, you got it. I have that. Um, I have that on CD somewhere too. They had an expanded version of it that they le- released, I think, for like the twentieth or twenty fifth anniversary of it or something. Oh. Um, but and I have that. Somewhere. I have the PBS like, app. Maybe it's on there. But I mean. Maybe so, but uh, anyway, let's do help. Uh, yeah, let's, let's get back. To let's the, do help as other the people. Good place. <laughs> as you reach the end of your first year in the afterlife, what do you remember most? The everlasting friendships you made, the adversity you overcame together, the day everything was chocolate. That day was awesome. I had a Reese's peanut butter cup. It was all chocolate. I would actually be pissed um, on chocolate day if if I got a Reese's peanut butter cup and there was no Reese's peanut butter inside it. That's that, that's, that's my I favorite. Mean, I, if, uh, that's my favorite thing. Reese's peanut yeah, butter. Yeah, that's my favorite candy. It's it's definitely uh, up there for me. I mean, it's chocolate and peanut butter and and it's great it's you know it's one of my one of my uh weaknesses if there's a bag of those or if you know if i get those 
to for Halloween or something, I I will and don't hand them out. I will eat the whole mm-hmm. whole bag. Well, um, I like peanut butter cups and I like Kit Kats, but you know what? You put those together, you got little Debbie Nutty bars, and that is. You just blew my mind. You may have even rocked my world. I have not. I uh, have have not tried that. <laughs> you, yeah, it's little W's nine bars. Just when we're done, go to Circle K. Drop a, <laughs> drop a Lincoln. <laughs> Next time I go into a shame spiral, I'll, I'll go ahead and that's that'll be my <laughs> that'll be my bottoming out. <laughs> nice. You only have a few hours left in your first year, so why not do as many amazing good deeds for other people as you possibly can by midnight, just in case? I know, I know. All right, I'll take it out. I'm a little tired, okay? Lay off. That movie, minus the part where Eleanor gives away the entire experiment, will play before the party tonight. Speaking of which, the theme is one year down, infinity to go. Dress is London black tie. That means Knightsbridge black tie, not Kensington. Oh, heaven forbid, West Brompton. <laughs> <laughs> no, I can't. I don't know the difference between all of those blacks. Yeah. I, I have no but idea. But that is admittedly a damn good party theme. One year down, is infinity it? to go. That's a damn good theme. <laughs> yeah, I suppose it is. Can you imagine <laughs> No. Also, just after midnight, in order to reset my processing power, I will be violently eating my Janet babies. I'd advise no one look directly at me. Copy that. So, tonight at the party, we're going to go for one more point grab. I'm going to suggest that they make toasts about each other, celebrate their ups and downs, demonstrate personal growth, blah, blah, blah. Humanity is saved. (laughs) (laughs) One more day, guys. Let's finish strong. And to that end, as you might know, I've been practicing human magic. Oh. Ta-da. Oh. <laughs> so, I was thinking. No, the magnificent Dr. Presto is not performing tonight. Come on. Dude, I, magic is always lame. But it's especially lame here, where there's actual magic. As a counter-argument, check your pocket. <laughs> the other one. Oh, shoot, sorry. It's my pocket. (laughs) Ta-da! You know what? You can perform. Really? Yeah, you changed my mind with that pocket thing. Oh, Buffo. Oh, you're being mean. Yep. Yeah. um, So, magician Michael is one of my favorite things. um, I'm going to ask... what are your feelings on quote unquote human magic? Um, I'm a, I'm a little bit of a sucker for it. I like it. Um, I, I have absolutely no skill at it other than like, you know, um, Hey, thumb. <laughs> um, I, I am, uh, I was a fan growing up of, uh, David Copperfield. I, did enjoy seeing the Statue of Liberty disappear. Uh, I, I I went to Vegas like about maybe 10 years ago. Like Siegfried and Roy were done. Because uh, one of the tigers ate Roy. Um, 
but I did see like a magician, like this, like we got free tickets to see a magician. I thought that was cool. I don't. I just don't like um, Chris Angel, really. Uh, yeah, no, that's bullshit. Yeah. Um, I, 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 I like old magic though. Yeah. Because I'm fascinated by Houdini, um, and uh, you know, like his his life and his art, and also like anytime, you know, there's a, a kind of like dark story that has magic in it, um, like at its center. I'm 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 there for it. Um, so. So I mean, I was I was very happy with the with the Prestige. That's what I was gonna um, say. So your favorite Christopher Nolan movie would be the Prestige. It's one of them. I really like that film. Um, I you know I love uh, Stephen Milhauser has a few stories um, that feature uh, magicians in them, and um, and uh, yeah, I, I'm a huge fan of his his writing anyway. Um, but those stories I, I love. I think we've talked about this before. He he has um, um, he wrote the story Eisenheim the Illusionist, mm-hmm. um, which they based the terrible terrible film version um, the the Illusionist off of that um, that had Ed Norton and Jessica Biel. Yeah, and Paul Giamatti. Which yeah, I mean I, the, which I kind of like that the, movie, but. Oh, did well. You? I mean, I, well. So I, I, I wonder. How I haven't watched it. If it would have been different if I hadn't read the story, because yeah. I was already such a fan of the story, and they took so much of it out. Like that romantic subplot was there. There was like almost no romance, and the film is all romance, and I, I was let down. Keep in mind, I haven't revisited it since I watched it. I do remember enjoying it a little bit. Uh, but those two things came out very close together, and I definitely preferred the Prestige. Well, I prefer. I I mean I like the prestige up until the end. I thought the end was lame. Um, mm. I like I thought it was just a cop out. Like really? Yeah, a little bit. Like that? Like really? That's it? Like that's how he did? <laughs> like <laughs> I I just like no. It's yeah. I I just would it would it have been awesome if at the end. Christian Bale just said, and twins. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes, that would have been awesome. And for all the people who, seriously, for all the people who bitch about Interstellar, because there are quite a few people who bitch about the ending to Interstellar. No one mentions mm-hmm. how absolutely lame the ending to the prestige is. Like it just takes you out of it. Like it's just but <laughs> I would have Well, I mean, have have you read the book that it's based the off prestige? of? The Prestige? No. Yeah. It's also called the Prestige. Um but I, I haven't read it either, so I don't know if he if he did that because it was in the book. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I, yeah, so I, I I don't know, but I I see where you're coming from with that. Um, but anyway, that's I mean that's I mean it's 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 not um, of Nolan's movies that's by far like it's it's better than Insomnia. Um, 
<laughs> it's the, yeah. he's like you're not. He's wrong. like the Wilco of um, of modern cinema. There's rarely um, there's ones I. Well, I see. I don't know because that would imply that even uh, though um, my least favorite Nolan movies are films that I like, and I, I don't know that that's the case necessarily. Um, is there um, a Nolan movie you hate? I haven't. I haven't seen every Christopher Nolan movie. Which one? First, I haven't seen Tenet. I haven't seen that one either. Um, Comes out in December uh, for for home viewing. And I also haven't seen Interstellar. Um, so, so I mean, I don't know. It's it's. Um, I'm sure I'll see it at some point. But yeah, so there's there's a few a few Christopher Nolan movies that I haven't seen that I can't I can't judge based off of Dark Knight Rising or Dark Knight Rises is. I mean, it's all right. Wait, is that the one with Bane? Which is the one with that's, Bane? That's the Bane one. Yeah, be, uh, ugh, I had some huge problems with yeah, that. I, I mean, do too. I, I don't think I hated it as much as as, as many many people did. Um, but that voice was fucking ridiculous. Well, Bane is also <laughs> like my second favorite Batman villain. Like Two Face being my first. I mean, and mind you, it just comes from my love of the animated series. Um. So, yes, I know. I just I think that they with with Batman films. I mean, and honestly, there's. I I haven't seen any of the films with Ben Affleck as Batman. <laughs> Don't. <laughs> um. But aside from that, and basically aside from the first two, the the Tim Burton ones, um. I, you know, I'm discounting the the '60s show at this point, and even the the uh, Batman the movie from that cast as well. Mm-hmm. I, you know, I'm basically thinking Tim Burton forward. Yeah. Um, other than the Burton films, I don't think they've done a great job with with Batman villains. Um, you know, they're they're all kind of underutilized. I think. I, I, I uh, well, no, Ledger's the only one who got. Who did different and did right? Um, I still, I still like um, Nicholson's Joker. Yeah, and I and Nicholson's Joker is good too. Um, I liked um, I Tommy Lee Jones really messed up Two Face in Batman Forever. Yeah, well, I mean that whole movie is trash. I, I. Um, I, I do not like the Joel Schumacher Batmans. I, I would not like them in a train. I would not like them on a plane. Oh. Uh, I would not like them anywhere. Um, <laughs> but uh, um, like, but I, but so I mean, the first two is because um, I, you know, I, 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 I liked uh, uh, the first two Nolan Batmans. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the villains in those were, were pretty good, yeah. but I mean overall, uh, you know, and and I I still think that Danny DeVito, uh, you know, is did an amazing job as the Penguin, and and I, I think I may have mentioned before that Michelle Pfeiffer's Catwoman uh, played a pivotal role in my uh, sexual awakening. So um, <laughs> you know, there's that, but. Um, 
All right. Anyway, moving, <laughs> moving on. on. Let's just let's just uh, get back into to the show before we go down a, a path we, we we should not. If you could work the coat check at the Met Gala. Oh, speaking of the Met Gala, remember that security cam footage of Solange and Jay Z fighting in the elevator? I learned to read lips. Turns out she was yelling, "No fair! I wanted to be the one to push the button." <laughs> So, uh, yeah, it wasn't as juicy as some people maybe thought it was. Hey, gang. Had a pretty good round today. Better close this door. I don't want all those birdies to follow me in here. (laughs) Why? Brent, hurry up and change so we can get to the party. Oh, right. Hang on. Uh, Janet gave me this. Tuxedo in a can. Ooh. You know, I came this close to firing Janet, but she's gotten a lot better. Okay, we're not leaving yet. I need to show you all something. This is a result of months of observation. Okay, I, I just want, I, I can't let that pass. The tuxedo in a can. Um, I, I would definitely um, go for, uh, you know, clothing in a can that you just open it and ex- it explodes onto you. That would be, um, I would be all for that. I, I would be for a tuxedo t-shirt in a can. The most elegant of formal wear, the tuxedo T-shirt. At my, uh, <laughs> uh, at my, they uh, uh, um on my wedding day they did the rock and roll uh, marathon in Tempe, uh, and our wedding site was down the down the way at Tempe Center for the Arts. Um, Oh yeah. So how did that go? Um, no, it, it, it was fine because it was in the afternoon. Um, but um, okay, so there there weren't a bunch of people running running past it. No, point. but um, I was more into running back then than I was than I am now because I didn't have kids on. Um, and as were most of my uh, my wedding party, so I ordered um, tuxedo running shirts. <laughs> <laughs> for for my um for my uh um my groomsmen and we all ran the 10k portion of the of the course <laughs> uh <laughs> and we made my and we made our wedding photographer drive down to Tempe and take pictures of us after the race <laughs> just in tuxedo t-shirts <laughs> Um, it's a good story. Yeah, it's a good story. It's good. It's it's good. Um, yeah, uh, and um, yeah, I probably did my best ten k uh, then because I, again I was in shape, uh, and back then uh, I'm getting back in shape now actually. So it's uh, it's good. Uh, cool, cool, cool. Now, I know you're going to think I'm crazy. No, why would we think that? But there is something wrong with this neighborhood, and it involves the people in this room. So crazy that we're at the end of this thing and we have no idea how we did. Janet, any chance you could get a look inside that obelisk? Check that magic scoreboard? There is a chance, yes. About one in 970 trillion. Let's give her a whirl. So you're saying there's it a chance. It did not work. <laughs> I feel okay about most of it. I, I, I liked fried jam. Yeah. <laughs> so you're saying there's a chance. <laughs> yeah. It, it, it's it's great. It goes from, from sassy Janet to, well, let's try it, to fried Janet. <laughs> <laughs> 
did not go well. <laughs> uh, that's one of my favorite visual gags of the show. But I just wish we had one concrete sign that Brent has improved. One moment where he bumps into someone and sincerely says, oops, my bad. You know, I would kill for an oops, my bad. Who's the girl got a fork to get an oops, my bad? Hey, hey, hey. Panicking about this experiment at crucial moments is kind of my move. Don't fall apart on me now. I won't. It's just, you know me. On Earth, I never played a game unless I knew I could either win or bribe the ref so he'd throw it for me. And if we lose, I'm going to be so mad. Ugh. Just one more day. We're going to stick to the plan, not do anything radical. Though we could do something magical. <laughs> you got to let it go, man. She's right. I've been suspicious about this place since day one. Over the last few months, I've been collecting data, and now I am positive. Something is truly forked up. You didn't tell me about any of this, Muffin. Okay, you call her Muffin? I'm getting a lot of breaking news at once here. I was gathering evidence. I didn't want to compromise the integrity of the data collection. Oh, so romantic. Here's what I know. Eleanor and Michael are up to something, and it's focused on us. I mean, there are like 300 people in the neighbourhood, and somehow they just spend all of their time talking to the six people in this room. Well, I mean, who else are they going to talk to? Dumb shorts, Kathy? <laughs> what is your problem with her? I mean, shorts, Kathy? <laughs> what isn't my problem with her? I love Are how you? they all know who dumb shorts Kathy is. Like, it's... <laughs> <laughs> Like, it's just like... I mean, it seems like a little unfair. As far as I can tell, they just don't like her because she wears shorts and her name is Kathy. Yeah, it's like, that shows you how much they bonded as a group, that um, <laughs> that they have shorthand for who they don't like, for the one person that they don't like, and that is Kathy, who wears dumb shorts. So, I, yeah. I, I, mean, I don't even know who they're talking about, but I want to see these shorts. How dumb are they? You know, I think it's best left to our imagination. Yeah, it's uh, sometimes, sometimes, uh, very rarely, but this may be a case where it's better to tell and not show. Yeah, I mean, it's um, it's like a De Palma film. Just <laughs> we'll have to keep the shorts off screen because it's gonna—they're gonna scare you <laughs> with your let your imagination <laughs> scare you with those dumb shorts. <laughs> Oh man, that would have actually been like a cool, um, like a, a like a out of nowhere um, thing if it were if if Dumb Shorts Kathy were actually the mastermind. Mm -hmm. See, we should have written for the show. <laughs> uh, you know, a missed opportunity. Clearly, I mean, well. The show's pretty great, but it could have been just that much better. I'm sure Michael sure is listening right now and just going, oh, man, I should have picked these guys. I, I'm assuming that, yeah, they're, that we'll open the uh, the What the Fork inbox at some point, and there will be uh, a long um, and, and, and heartfelt and very pleading note from Michael Shore to work on his next project like hey i know you guys didn't graduate from harvard like every other writer on my staff <laughs> but you two are clearly onto something uh, let's work on my next you project know, the best place I, i'm sure that he's hearing the podcast and wanting to do a tv show about our podcast 
that's about his TV show. That's so meta, dude. It'd be the most meta. <laughs> I'm saying. It'd be the most meta thing he's ever done. Yep. Well, you know. Yeah, with if uh if if uh if the right price is offered, um uh you know. Yeah. Anything's for sale. I'm just saying. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so 15 bucks an hour, Jared. Oh man, I, I, that would be uh, we would be lucky to get sure. that. Michael Sure, hey, I got some ideas. Think it could be. Uh, think you could be a part of it. Fifteen bucks an hour, what you say? But Michael, that's minimum wage. I know, but you need to work for me, right? <laughs> <laughs> Everybody wants to work with me. <laughs> hey. Are you okay? You look sweaty. Oh, no, he's fine. He always sweats when he's meditating. He calls it sweatitating. <laughs> no, I mean, um, he doesn't talk, so I call it that. <laughs> I'm friends with Sting. I can't take it anymore. I know something, and it's just graduated from hot goss to relevant AF. Yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. That's not you. His name is Jason, and he's here by mistake. Chidi's been helping him hide and become a better person. I also knew about this, of course. Might as well come clean, darling. Hi, Simone. Jason Mendoza, Jacksonville, Florida. Go Jags, obviously. Um, what else about me? I was born in a swimming pool. Uh, you never told me about this, Ducky. <laughs> Ducky, I'm going to have to sit down. This is too much. I swore I wouldn't tell, and keeping your word is a central tenet of deontological ethics. Aw, so romantic. Okay. Okay. Here we go. A few things here. We're, we're going to get into deontological ethics because that's what we but do. We um, also need to talk and about Muffin and Ducky. We also, right. Yes, we need to talk about Muffin and Ducky. What do we need to talk about, Muffin and Ducky? Just those are the lamest. Muffin and Ducky, rather. Those are the lamest pet names I've ever heard. No wonder. No, like they're three minutes later. We're gonna see why um, (laughs) they're not soulmates. (laughs) Um, But that is the reason. That is the number numero uno reason is those lame ass pet names, Muffin and Ducky. (laughs) I mean, it's like Schmoopy and it's that's something that Beverly Schmoopy. Goldberg from the Goldbergs would come up with. <laughs> yeah, the, uh yeah, I guess I guess it would be. It's they're they're I I I'm not a huge fan of the cutesy pet names. Um I yeah, I I I don't know. I I I definitely would not be down with somebody calling me Ducky. Oh. Uh. Okay, sport. I'm not sure. I'm not. Sh- oh. I really fucking hate sport <laughs> and champ. Th- those are those are t- two on the top of. Uh, yeah. No, a tiger. Well, oh my. <laughs> you hit the trifecta. <laughs> Anything sports related just reminds me of my failings as an athlete. 
you, you were saying. <laughs> Slugger would also be unacceptable. Well, I, you took that one away. Yeah. All right, go ahead. Um, okay, so, of course, when I heard deontological ethics, I, I had to I had to hit the interwebs and um, and uh, look it up on the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy. So, a the the the, the sort of um, summary of what uh, deontological ethics is is uh, the the word deontology derives from the Greek word for duty, deon, and science, or study of, which is logos. So, you know, you, you Latin junkies out there. Um, in contemporary moral philosophy, deontology is uh, one of those kinds of normative theories regarding which choices are morally required, forbidden, or permitted. In other words, deontology falls within the domain of moral theories that guide and assess our choices of what we ought to do, deontic theories, in contrast to those that guide and assess what kind of person we are and should be, which are uh, eretaic or virtue theories. Uh, and within the domain of moral theories that assess our choices, deontologists, those who subscribe to deontological theories of morality, stand in opposition to consequentialists. So before we actually get into our discussion, I thought it, uh, we should say what consequentialism is. So, cons um, let's see. Da, 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 da. Um, so because deontological theories are best understood in contrast to consequentialist ones, a brief look at consequentialism and a survey of the problems, uh, blah, 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 blah. Okay. So consequentialists hold that choices... Uh, acts and or intentions are to be morally assessed solely by the states of affairs they bring about. Consequentialists, con consequentialists thus must specify initially the states of affairs uh, that are intrinsically valuable, often called collectively the good. Uh, they then are in a position to assert that whatever choices inc increase the good, that is, bring about more of it, are the choices that it is morally right to make and execute. Uh, the good in that sense is said to be prior, uh, is said to, be prior to the right. Um, let's see. There was something else about consequentialists. Consequentialism is frequently criticized on a number of grounds. Two of these are particularly apt uh, for revealing the temptations motivating the alternative approach of deontic ethics, the, that is deontology. Uh, the two criticisms pertinent here are that consequentialism is, on the one hand, overly demanding, and, on the other hand, that it is not demanding enough. The criticism regarding extreme demandingness runs like this. For consequentialists, there is no realm of moral permissions, no realm of going beyond one's moral duty, um, super, what does it say, say super erogation, um, no realm of moral indifference. All acts are seemingly either required or forbidden. Uh, and there also seem to be no space for, uh, for the consequentialist in which to show partiality to one's own projects or to one's family, friends, and countrymen, leading some critics of consequentialism to deem it a profoundly alienating and perhaps self-effacing moral theory. 
Um, on the other hand, consequentialism is also criticized for what it seemingly permits. It seemingly demands, and thus of course permits, that in certain circumstances, innocents be killed, beaten, lied to, or deprived of material goods to produce greater benefits for others. Consequences, and only consequences, can conceivably justify any kind of act, for it does not matter how harmful it is to some, uh, to some so long as it is more beneficial to others. Now, um, on uh, the, to, to like drive home what deontology uh, is, is ha- so the most familiar forms of deontology and also the forms representing the greatest contrast to consequentialism hold that some choices cannot be justified by their effects, that no matter how morally good their consequences, some choices are morally forbidden. Um, on such familiar deontological accounts of morality, agents cannot make certain wrongful choices, even if by doing so the number of those exact kinds of wrongful choices will be minimized because other agents will be uh, prevented from engaging in similar wrongful choices. Um, for such deontologists, what makes uh, a choice right is its conformity with a moral norm. Such norms are to be simply obeyed by each moral agent. Um, <clears throat> such norm keepings are not to be maximized by each agent. In this sense, for such deontologists, the right is said to have priority over the good. Um, if, in fact, or it, yeah, if an, if an act is not in accord with the right, it may not be, it may not be undertaken, no matter the good uh, that it might produce. Anyway, it just goes on from there. I just thought it was interesting. Um, I mean, it, it seems to make sense that Chidi would be a proponent of deontology because as you read into it, it seems like it's, it's less morally ambiguous. There's less gray area. Well, he's a cunt nerd. And right. and uh, I did some exploring on my own. Uh, on um, was it in the Stanford Encyclopedia of Philosophy? No, it was on the, some really cool website called Wikipedia. <laughs> um, and the standard bearer of of, uh, of yeah. So um, and to your point, I I'm reading directly from the Wikipedia entry. Um, like Kent argues that. In order to act morally, in the morally right way, people must act from duty. Uh, D-U-T-Y, not D-O-O-T-Y, which is what is found in my youngest son's diapers. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, I mean, it's, as you, as you so mentioned in, like, it's, he believed that um, it's the modes of the person who carry out the action. Um and it kind of goes back to um, the trolley problem, um, picking the choice that, um, uh, picking the thing that like benefits most everything, um, you know, it has the least. Yes. Right. So. Um, yeah, just trying to pick the track that kills the least amount of people. Right. Like, so do you do you mm-hmm. choose killing one over killing many? Right. What if you know the one person? All that kind of thing. Right. Um, so in this case, um, like, Chidi uh, kept sending from Simone because it would benefit Jason. Um, and uh, so he picked the track that would um, pick, you know, that would not hurt Jason 
anyway, even though Jason, we all know Jason's a dummy from Jacksonville. <laughs> um, right. Um, fun thing that I did learn going down the rabbit hole that uh, there is a, mo- a short film, an Academy Award nominated short film um, from 2003. Written and produced by Billy Zabka. Um, <laughs> of of the Karate Kid? Uh, yes. Um, Giant Lawrence. <laughs> um, called Most. Um, yeah, and he was nominated for an Oscar because he produced and wrote it. Um, yeah, and it's its basis is in The Try Problem. Uh, it's a, and it's huh. a Czech film because um, he's apparently Czechoslovakian um it's foreign language i think it's uh i don't know if it was considered a foreign film or not but i just that's yeah um so yeah that's my um that was my fun fact uh, that um yeah he it's this short film uh yeah it's like a half an hour long just and it literally takes place on a train and people making the choices that you know <laughs> so but yeah huh there you go well it may be worth checking out the checking out it's <laughs> <laughs> yeah i didn't mean to do why that, don't you uh check you out do. this uh check film <laughs> so. check check please. yeah uh-huh. Um, so yeah. Anyway, yeah. That was Deontology Corner. <laughs> Let's assume certain things are odd about this place. What is your theory? I don't know. Maybe this isn't the good place. Maybe it's a test. My best guess, it's some kind of experiment. We're being observed in a closed environment. Simone, look at this logically. We are in paradise. There's fresh air, mountains, Janet, and yes, some of us are under five foot ten, but other than that, it is literally perfect here. No, it is not. Jason is proof, and if you need more evidence that this isn't the good place, clearly he's not the only one who doesn't belong. Actually, she's right, and I know it for a fact. For the first time ever, I am desperate for you to keep talking. Well, right at the beginning, I talked to Mike and Eleanor, and they were like, yeah, don't tell anyone this, but there's a place better than this. The best place, and that's where you're headed, amigo. I don't think they actually called you amigo. I had to go through the year here, kind of a test, I guess, which obviously I aced. So at midnight, I'm in the first Escalade out of here, baby. Brent. Yeah? Think about this. Okay. How could you get into the best place? You would literally have to be one of the most incredible people in the universe. I mean, it makes sense to me. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> okay. In the words of Princess Kate. After- so, do, do, do you know anybody like that who is so conceited, um, who, who who is so vain that they probably think the song is about them? <laughs> Mick Jagger, Warren Beatty, <laughs> and uh, James Taylor. Uh, supposedly who the song is about. Uh, but uh, no, I don't know anyone who is so vain that they think that the song is about them. Uh, 
That I mean, that must be nice. I, I have definitely known people who thought, um, you know, who who genuinely think that that you know, the world does in fact revolve around them. Um, you you are aware that Brent again did take a ninety million dollar company and made a ninety four billion dollar company. Jesus Christ! <laughs> and he wrote yes. and he wrote a novel. Six feet under par. Yeah, that chip driver. Chip driver mystery. <laughs> but yeah, I mean the the fact that his head is so far up his own ass that he genuinely he, he thinks that he is that great a guy. Mm-hmm. Um, that just drives me fucking nuts. We came back from our shopping trip in Ibiza. There's a lot to unpack here. Perhaps we should just put our concerns aside and enjoy ourselves. No way. We. I wanted to remark on that too. Tahani is saying, in the words of Princess Kate, after we came back from our shopping trip, I'm going to pronounce it the way she pronounced it, which I know is correct, even though it still seems strange to me. Um, After we came back from our shopping trip to in Ibiza, there's there's a lot to unpack here. I, I think that that may win the award for the most roundabout way, uh, like uh, um, name-dropping way of saying something common that Tahani has ever done. Yes, and it's funny that after we just got talked about how uh, vain Brent is, um, <laughs> Tahani did exactly, yeah. the, exactly the same thing. So So far, she's tried to be distracting by saying that she went on a shopping trip with uh, Princess Kate mm-hmm. and that um, that she was friends with Sting. <laughs> Which, um, I mean, if you had a chance to talk to Sting, would you, would you, what would you talk, could you not mention the tantric sex? Oh, yeah. I could have an entire conversation, you know, pod le- podcast-length conversation with Sting about... Dream of the Blue Turtles. Okay. I, I, I'd I have to bring up once. I just, God, no. <laughs> no. You know, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't care. Uh, you know. Uh, actually. Uh, it, it might be a nice skill. Well, I, I mean, maybe it's great. Maybe it's the best thing ever. Maybe it's, you reach a, a state of sexual enlightenment. But who is that kind of time? Well, actually, probably, well, yeah. I mean, well, Sting does. Um. <laughs> yeah, I suppose. <laughs> If I had Sting's kind of time, I would maybe I would devote my life to and, to. Um, and I probably wouldn't even ask that to Sting if I actually snagged a interview with Trudy Styler. I'd probably yeah. So hey, do you ever just get bored? <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever been, uh, you know, in in the middle of a tantric sex um, session with Sting or Gordon, as you call him? Um, and uh, just said, uh, could you get on with it already? <laughs> um, like, uh, hey, um, I've got to produce this movie. Can you just, can we wrap this up? <laughs> um. Yeah. And, and you know, but I, I, would, I would be more curious um, if, if he really thinks that the only thing that can stop a nuclear holocaust is if the Russians love their children too. <laughs> uh, that's that song. <laughs> it's so bizarre. I just and I have um 
not again. I know we start out with Wilco, and and I hate to bring it down a notch by talking about Sting, who I do I do love. The, I I like no no Sting. no. Let me preface this by by just first of all stating I love the Police. I have all their albums. I have I love Sting. I um I'm a, I'm a fan of his. Um, I'm a fan of his up to ten summoners too. Um, dude, you gotta check out Mercury Falling. Yeah, he yeah, keeps yeah, yeah. I, I'll get around to but it. But my biggest critique of him is that, or his biggest, his his strength and his weakness is he, his strength is that he picks people, good people to collaborate with, whether it be your Andy Summers and your Stuart Copeland to your Marsalis, Brandon Marsalis, yeah. Like he, he he's really good at that. Um, mm-hmm. The the his weakness is um, he he pulls a brunt and he just takes the crap for it. <laughs> um, and uh, well, I mean, to be fair, he he's um, you know his voice is highly recognizable. Mm-hmm. He, he um, and and he he's a good song. Yeah, I mean, other than the Russian song, he he can. He can, he's very, he can be eloquent. He can put things, um, he can put things in, um, he's got this knack of putting like love and just terms you can understand that are, there's some really yeah. extraordinary lyricism on, um, nothing like the sun as well. Oh, uh, not, uh, well, that one has its moments, but I'm thinking of, um, um, Shoot, what's the one? Oh, the Soul Kings. Yeah. that's what I was thinking of. No, no, and yeah, he's like I say, he's he's a not he's a magnificent lyricist. I just, but he, I when I when I saw the reunion tour, he's trying mm-hmm. to do bass solos. I'm like. <laughs> He seems like he is an insufferable. Actor. Yeah, I mean, like it. It was clear from the nosebleeds why Andy and Stewart, you know, didn't like him towards the end because he became an insufferable asshole. To be fair, I mean, bass solos are kind of what I imagine eventually tantric sex is, which is just like, come on, get on with it. Nobody yeah. cares. I mean. <laughs> Poor Trudy. Just get to the point. <laughs> Poor Trudy. Uh, or lucky Trudy. I don't know. <laughs> Who knows? Who knows? Yeah, I, I, anyway. I don't know what goes um, on in the Sumner Styler home. Um, but you, you know, I, I do want to take this moment though to say that I I, I think that um, objectively every breath you take is one of the creepiest fucking songs of all time. Yeah. And why they play that shit weddings, I will never know. It doesn't make any sense. No. It's a stalker song. It is. It, it is. And um there are um Andy Summers uh does write some songs in the police uh discography that puts that shit to shame though. Mm. Um so I I think it's off a of synchronicity. There's one called Mother uh, that's mm-hmm. just uh, just bizarre and fun and uh, just uh, it ends with uh, every woman I go out with becomes my mother in the end. 
it's just <laughs> oh god it... let's get back to muffin and yeah you have to figure out exactly what is going on here okay just go to the party but keep your eyes open I've got a special mission for us. Oh, uh, oh, good. Muffin and Ducky are on the case. How's it going? Awesome. No, it isn't. Oh, yeah, terrible. <sighs> Simone knows the neighborhood isn't what it appears to be. She's been collecting evidence for months. So all that hanging out with Brent and participating in group activities? It's under false pretenses. She was observing him. She's been observing everything. Guys. <sighs> Pick a car. Yes. No time. The subjects are on to us. They know something weird is going on and it could derail the entire experiment. No! Oh, sorry. Uh, that was unintentional. What? There's nothing here. Did you find anything? Just some song lyrics? Michael wrote, here's a trippy little ditty about a train to Groovy City. Open up your freaky crystal mind and we'll have a cosmic good time. See, that makes me think we're in hell. Look, we tried to prove your theory. <laughs> I mean, I don't know why we've been wasting time talking about Jeff Tweedy and Sting when we really, you know, should be spending so much time examining the lyrics of Michael. Well, I mean, he definitely comes from the um, George Clinton Parliament Funkadelic style of songwriting. Uh, it's like you know he 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 should be writing Puff the Magic Dragon. I think um, I think he would be definitely be in a. Uh, I think he's definitely influenced by jam bands. There's um there's a Dave Matthews or uh lyric if I ever did hear one. Like, <laughs> you think I I don't even know that, you know, and and Dave Matthews is definitely responsible for some cringeworthy lyrics, but that I mean I I I don't think that even that imagery would would make a DMB song. Take a trip to Columbus. Hello <laughs> <laughs> <I love> baby. <laughs> <laughs> Am I wrong? I stand corrected. I can hear it now. Oh. With some some noodling, noodling. No, 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 Just I, I'm telling you, like I, I see throw an electric violin solo in there, and mm. it's magic. Yeah, I it's. <laughs> but it feels like we came up empty cheaty there is so much evidence they've been lying how can you not see that eleanor told me that this was her first neighborhood maybe some of these are just honest mistakes and also she Told me some other stuff that I, I really want to be true. What kind of stuff? Well, it, it was something about us. Why does everything I do fall apart so close to the end? My first experiment, now this experiment. I only got halfway through riding the purple train to Groovy City. I just ran out of creative juice. Focus. We cannot let this slip away from us at the last second. New plan? 
Forget the toasts. We do nothing. We hope that our early successes make up for the embarrassing mess we've become. Like Facebook or America. Okay? Sound Yes. <laughs> um, uh, when I was watching this last night, I was like, oh, snap. Yeah. <laughs> Facebook. That's, Same. you know, just to reiterate, we hope our early successes make up for the embarrassing mess we've become, like Facebook or America. <laughs> Yeah. Um, oh God. I mean, we, it was spot on. We better, yeah, we better uh, we better move on because I'm gonna get uh, too close. To it's home? gonna hit uh, the America part's gonna hit too close to home, and I'm gonna hop on my soapbox. Such a fucking shit show right uh, now, and has been for four years. So you know, <laughs> good, Michael. We have no way to know what this really means for the experiment. I don't think we can play it safe. I have a plan. It's risky, but it might be the only way to get them to where they need to be. Do you trust me? Yeah. Fork it. Whatever it is, I'm in. I'm always down for forking it. We trust you, Michael. <laughs> then trust the magnificent Dr. Presto. Man, you cannot pull that hat out after you ask us if we trust you. Soulmates. That's what Eleanor said, that we're soulmates. Yep. Pretty neat, huh? I think it's pretty neat. Do you think it's pretty neat intensely forever? Chidi, I really like you, but I don't think we're soulmates. Because I don't think soulmates actually exist. Right. 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 Right? Think rationally. Isn't it weird that she only told one of us that we're soulmates? Is it odd? Yes. Does it mean that Eleanor's motives are questionable? Also, yes. But does it suggest that she wasn't being truthful? Yes. Okay, I'm starting to see your point. What? What does that mean? Why is there only four of us? Why not Tahani and Jason? Why are there emojis? I mean, one of them's party hat guy. I mean, that's good, bright, he's friendly. That's better than thermometer guy or angry cat or smiling poop coil. Okay, we have to get back to the party before Eleanor and Michael... So, I, I just enjoyed um, smelling poop coil. Um, yes. I, you know, I, I'm sure we must have had this conversation before. Um, and if I really wanted to, this just shows how spontaneous this show is, right? Because I never go back and listen to old episodes. And it just occurred to me to talk about this. And it probably has occurred to one of us to talk about it at some point, um, probably in the first season. But... Where do you stand on soulmates? You know, it's funny because I wrote the same thing. So <laughs> where does Jared... So are you saying we're soulmates? Where does Jared stand on soulmates? And you know the fact that you and I thought the same thing? I'm not sure if I believed in it before, but I sure shit believe in it now. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, my wife is listening in the office, uh, and about four days from now, I'm like going, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> <laughs> it's it's okay. We're just podcasting. <laughs> um, we, we're, we were destined to host it. <laughs> Um, but, um, to, to answer your, your, to answer your question, which is my question, um, 
<laughs> but I asked him first. Uh, yes, that is something that you would say. Um, <laughs> um, Despite the fact that in our current respective situations, one of us would be more in hot water than the other. Well, <laughs> true, but I don't know. I, 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 Man, yeah, I, I don't know how to answer that. I'm not getting hot wire. <laughs> um, uh, but I, well, I've been married to someone who I thought was chosen for me by a benevolent being. That would be my ex-wife. Because um, I was a practicing Mormon at the time. And um, it was very clear it didn't work out. Um, and so... But I do think I found the right person for me who I love um, uh, and adore. And um, so I don't. But enough about me. What about your wife? Ah. <laughs> <laughs> See what I did there? Yeah, I, I, yeah that, that, that goes double for her. <laughs> I you know I I I question anything like that. I I don't like the idea. Soulmates to me kind of implies predeterminism, yeah, um, and a lack of choice. So I, I have some I have some problems with that. Do I think that there are some people who are just very well suited for each other? Oh yeah. Um, and do I also in some you know sort of um, you know. Uh, uh, you know, buried deep romantic part of myself. I, I, I certainly would would think that, um, or I like the notion that there are are people that are kind of meant to find each other. Mm-hmm. Um, and but I don't know, man. I'm so fucking disillusioned at this point that um, it just it the, the whole concept kind of irritates. Well, me. Um, the person who like watches love the the side of me that watches love actually every year. Um, and thinks, you know, wants to believe in such a concept, but the rational being who, um, you know, it, you know, what likes action movies and, uh, you know, hates rom-coms, um, thinks that's a bunch of malarkey, um, and, we come January, we will live in a no malarkey zone. Uh, thanks to thanks to our president elect. So I'm definitely team no soulmates. You know, I I, I like to subscribe to the to the philosophy of um, of my guru. Bruce Springsteen. Oh, um, and in that, uh, and to paraphrase him, you know, you, you kind of like get to a point where, where, you know, everybody, everybody's pretty broken, and we're just, you know, essentially looking for that person whose broken pieces fit with your broken pieces. <laughs> Are, are you referring to um, 
Western stars. I am. Yeah. Sorry. That that gem of a film that that had me uh, that had me tear. That I up. saw with you. Um, <laughs> it. That's just like it, it's becoming more and more clear as the, this conversation goes on that the stars have aligned, Jared. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I feel like I got screwed somehow. But though, <laughs> uh, no, um, I, I will tell a brief Bruce story and then we'll we can move on. Um, so we're um, we were watching uh, the acceptance speech, um, the victory speech on Saturday night, and mm-hmm. uh, he. Um, for a second, I hear the song that I don't immediately recognize. Um, it ends up being Bruce Springsteen's, uh, you know, we take care of our own, uh, mm. but I didn't recognize it at first. And I honestly thought it was some Bon Jovi song I never heard of. <laughs> and Kristen, you take that back. Sir. Yeah. That's what, well, that's and Kristen even said to me like is that is he playing Springsteen and I said yeah he yeah he is and and I said like I thought for like one hot second he was playing Bon Jovi and I'm gonna be like no changing my vote <laughs> <laughs> I I I I will not no <laughs> so <laughs> there was a joke I still live. I still would have voted for the other yeah, guy. Of, of course. Uh, for Biden. Yeah. Yeah. But, of course. Um, no question. Yeah. No question. But, but it, it, it did. The fact that um, I thought of it in a humorous way did make for a, a fine story to tell right now. So if you're going to enter to a song by somebody from New Jersey, there's one choice. Yeah. <laughs> um, Frank Sinatra. <laughs> <laughs> Touche. Touche. <laughs> that would have actually that would have been pretty ballsy to come out to I did it my way. Yeah. <laughs> that would have been. That that would have been something someone else would have done. And probably I think has done. Probably. Yeah. Notice we missing. Great plan. Let's kiss. Sorry. Still thinking about the soulmate thing. Let's go. Ladies and gentlemen, I can't believe I'm saying this, the magnificent Dr. Presto. Thank you. Now, I know some of you may not believe in magic. Well, I think they believe in some magic. Yesterday, everybody ate a lollipop that let them talk to birds. Okay, but this is earth magic, and it's harder. (laughs) And if you don't understand that, I am here to change your mind. (laughs) Oh, come on. It started out as a dollar bill, and now it's four quarters. Change your mind? Michael, it's three quarters. What? Uh, Oh, three quarters. Three quarters. Even harder. Thank you. Can you make them clap harder? They see what they see, man. Did you guys find anything? I love... Yeah, I just... (laughs) Janet's low-grade hostility towards Michael's practical magic. It's it's um I'm really enjoying the banter. Um, some of it, like you know, seemed kind of can, and the more it goes on, I I, I enjoy it even more. I would watch this act. 
The yeah. magnificent Dr. Presto and his salty assistant Janet. <laughs> I, I would I would buy tickets to a socially distant show. I that. would. Yes, proof that the four of us and only the four of us are being forked with. But we still don't have any hard proof that this place is evil or that Michael and Eleanor are nefarious. So, you know, no one's heart needs to break just yet. Yeah, I'm with him. This place is fine. Hey, if you guys don't make the cut for the best place, I'll try to put in a good word for you. You guys got business cards? Brent, I need a volunteer. Come on up. Okay, Brent, I want you to take off your wristwatch and place it in my hat. Now, this is a Rolex. It's the exact same watch Richie Sambora wears. So be careful. <laughs> speaking now, of Bon Jovi. Speaking of Bon Jovi. <laughs> of course. Yep. Of course it's Richie Sambora. Ah, uh, just. Yeah. I, I have no words mm-hmm. for Brent. <laughs> oh, the magnificent Dr. Presto. Will transform your. Oh, oh, oh! Brent, can you hear me? If it somehow helps, there's a small dove in your pocket. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> Brent, I'm so sorry. I must have screwed up the trick somehow. Hold on. We're going to get you out of there. Yeah, you better. I got a hell of a lawsuit on my hands. I'm going to freaking own this place. Okay. Okay, everyone, uh, please disperse. We'll let you know when it's safe. Uh- he still doesn't get that the, there's no lawsuits. There's no courts. There's nothing. Yeah, I, I, he still thinks it all revolves around him. He still thinks he can speak to your manager. Yeah, he he's <laughs> he's a Karen. You three, stay here. Keep an eye on Brent. We're going to try and fix this remotely using eternal being technology. Tahani, Jean-Yu, try and find a rope. Righto. Okay, so what do we do? Try to climb down or wait for the rope? Neither. We get the fork out of here. Chidi, a giant hellhole just opened up and swallowed one of us. I don't care what this place really is. Giant holes are bad and we should go. Or giant holes are bad, so if someone falls into one, you try to help get him out. Ah! I'm not scared. I'm shouting so you know I'm okay. I am very brave. Whew, I hope this works. We basically just confirmed that we're lying to them. Oh, man. Was this a bad idea? I mean, what if this was a bad idea? It wasn't only. It was a good idea. Can anyone else weigh in? <laughs> I'm serious. In football, trying to run out the clock and hoping for the best never works. It's called prevent defense. You don't take any chances and just try and hang on to your lead, but prevent defense just prevents you from winning. It's always better to try some. Jason, that was coherent. (laughs) Oh, sorry. I didn't mean to. It's a good plan, Michael. Hopefully they've bonded enough as a group to rescue Brent. Call me, get a train, and I'll head out of here together. But was it a mistake to have Brent fall in? We could have had Chidi fall in, right? Or a a cute baby panda, or maybe, you know, like a box of donuts. Everyone loves donuts. Brent was the right choice. It's not a tough call whether to save Chidi because he's a brilliant and kind person with a caboose you can bounce a quarter <laughs> off of, and I know because I've done it. We threw Brent in there because there is no reason any of them should help him because Brent sucks. Brent is the opposite of a box of donuts. Toilet full of broccoli. Yeah, kind of. Brent is a t- toilet full of broccoli. But because... 
The opposite of a box of donuts <laughs> is a toilet broccoli. full of broccoli. But I like broccoli. <laughs> I also like broccoli. I also like Brussels sprouts. I also I I do too. Jared. <laughs> but you don't like mochi. I know. Poba is perfect. <laughs> <laughs> Um, though, um, it does, um, his, uh, Jason's thing on the prevent defense, um, that's accurate. Is yeah. it? Yeah. I, I, I left that to you. I didn't even bother. I, I was just like, whatever. So, so let me get this straight. You'll, you'll look up, uh, genealogical ethics, but you won't look up prevent defense. Yes, that's right. I'm a nerd. I got into the I got into the ethics part of it, but I was like football. Eh, well, I don't I don't care. <laughs> Fair enough. But we should also comment on on his on on uh, Jason's uh, moment of, of of wisdom, coherent wisdom. Yeah, I mean that's I mean because he put it in a, a way that he understands. It's I mean, it's not, well, and, and poor poor Jason though. Where Tahani's like, that, that was coherent. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> These suck so bad. If they do risk their safety to help him, they'll get more points. Basically, it's a Hail Mary. It's frisky, but if we complete it, we win the game. That was two good analogies in a row. <laughs> I'm now worried that he's a demon in a Jason suit. <laughs> Are we really in hell? I mean, I didn't lead a perfect life on Earth, but I worked very hard. Making fun of people you'd never even met. Well, I guess you must be right, Simone, because you always have to be. <laughs> hey, are you the bottom of a coal-fired pizza? Why, because I'm burnt? <laughs> you are always right. <laughs> well, if it is, though, I know why I'm here. Almond milk. I drank so much of it, despite the negative environmental impacts. Okay, wherever we are... <laughs> Consistency. Every Call single back. time. Cheaty thinks he's there because of the almond milk. Again, that's that's exactly every damn time. That's why I wrote. It's a callback. So <laughs> I do not want to be here when the clock hits zero. Okay, now might be our only chance to escape. Not without Brent. Do you think if the roles were reversed, he would waste any time rescuing you? Maybe if Elle McPherson were nearby and he wanted to <laughs> impress her, or if he thought that I was a prince, he could ransom. That's not the point. He is a person in a hole. I have a duty to help him get out. What he would do is irrelevant. I don't think. I'd also like to point out, and this is the second time in this season that they have referenced a '90s supermodel turned actress, uh, Elle McPherson. Uh, first one being. Um, what was the other one? Uh, Pamela Anderson. Oh, okay. So, um, and. I can only think of one El McPherson movie, but I know there are others. What's well? I mean, she. I, I know she was in Friends. Uh yeah, she was in this movie with Hugh Grant called Sirens. That was the one I was thinking of, actually. Yeah. So I don't. I don't know another one besides. Well, that. I mean, since I'm already looking it up, um, uh, I'll just take a look. Um, oh, she's in. Uh, Batman Robin, one of your favorite Batman movies. As in, that's. Ugh, I must have blocked it out. <laughs> um, 
She's oh, she's in the Edge with Anthony Hopkins and Alec Baldwin. Oh yeah, yeah. I like. That I movie. love that movie. It's it's it's. It, we might have talked about this before, actually, when we were talking about David Mamet. Um, but yeah, I, I really like that movie quite a bit. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's. I mean, the bearer has all the best lines. <laughs> no. But yeah, I mean it's 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 great. Uh, uh, Alec Baldwin, great. You know Anthony Hopkins, mm-hmm. um, and and you know written by David Mamet. So the the dialogue is is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's Alec Baldwin's the only one who would be able to make. Well, those two would be the only ones who could pull that off. I think. Apparently, she was also in the Mirror Has Two Faces. Um. Which I have I have not seen, despite the presence of the dude. Yeah, and Babs. Um, the selling point would have been the dude, right? Um, but yeah, so she's. I mean, she was quite the. Resp- um, unlike her predecessors, the um, the um, Pamela Andersons and the Cindy Crawfords of the world, uh, Elle McPherson has definitely excelled in the acting uh, in the acting world. What about Kathy Ireland? Um, so um, again, uh, my my statement still stands. Um. <laughs> yeah, it does. If you do a science experiment a thousand times and always get the same result, you move on. We've given Brent a thousand chances to be a good person. In one of them, he was so awful you punched him in the face. Okay, but when I did that, I thought cutting him out of our group meant that he would have to find another place in heaven to hang out. That's changed. I can't just leave him. Well, I respect your position. I respect yours. Look, I know everything's really scary right now, but I just have to say it. That was the most boring breakup I've ever seen. Hey, Chidi, shake it off. Another bus comes every 15 minutes. Brent. Where are they? They never called a train. They must have taken Brent's Escalade. Oh, that's good. The important thing is that the group bonded and stayed together. Hello? Did someone help us? Us? Yeah, this freaking genius tried to help me and he fell in. I thought you were smart, man. Are you serious right now? Well, turns out the group did not bond. The group snapped in half. Can you help us? These rocks are really sharp down here. I'm scared. I'm not. Just give us a second. Guys, I think we're cooked. It's over. No. No way. I am not giving up. I told you, I only play games I can win. And I played this game, so that means we can win. I don't think that tracks. Shut up. What do you know? Literally everything, but keep going. I am liking this energy from you. (laughs) We have eight minutes left, so that means we keep trying. What else can we try? We've already blown everything up. We can't blow it up again. If there's one thing I know in this world is that you can always blow up the same thing twice. He's right. He's right again. (laughs) I know. He's on a roll. He had the trifecta. Um, you can always blow up the same thing twice. Mm-hmm. Says only cheat. Only I'm sorry. Only Jason would know Mr. that. Mr. Molotov himself. 
I, I didn't finish. I could have. I could have said Molotov anything. <laughs> we have one last move here, guys. We are so sorry about your ordeal. Mm. We just have a few questions for you. Uh, where are John and Simone? We can't find them. They left. I don't know where they went. Typical, disloyal jerks. You know, man. Actually, they really tried with you, and you made it very hard to be your friend. You want to know what happened? They got jealous because I'm going to the best place. They bugged out. You're not going to the best place. Don't you get it? They're torturing you. They're torturing all of us. Because this is the bad place. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, man. I can't believe you figured it out. Wait, he's right? This is the bad. Okay, so was that Eleanor doing Michael? Yeah. Oh. Because that reveal, you know, uh, when he's, he says, I can't believe you figured it out uh, in, in the first season, um, that's, uh, well, I mean, it's, it's, it, it's the cliffhanger. So he actually says that in the first episode of the second season. But... Um, Right. Yeah, I, I, yeah, I, I laughed. Um, I laughed my ass off yesterday. It was great. The two of them yeah. doing their their evil laugh together was fantastic. Yes. It it was. I mean, it's genius. It's the two two consummate professionals, mm. actors at the top of their game. Absolutely fantastic. One now starring in Lazy Boy commercials. The other one <laughs> going to star in a show with TNF. Uh, I did not know she was doing Lazy Boy commercials. I I don't pay attention to commercials. Well, I mean, when you um, when you spend your morning uh, with your uh, one year old son watching The Price Is Right, um, they can't play Mac Hair commercials all the time. Uh, so, <laughs> uh, so it's Lazy Boy commercials, and she is the star. And it's fine; they're funny. It's Typical Kristen Bell. It makes me want to get a recliner. <laughs> well, so then she's doing her job. Yeah, she's doing her job. Bad place? Yeah. Damn it, he's right. Yeah, we had a good run, though, didn't we? Yeah, we did. <laughs> so, no best place? Oh, no, no best place? <laughs> oh, Brad, you big white oaf. Never change, bud. <laughs> well, I guess we should let him know you guys are on your way. Yeah. Wait, on our way where? The actual bad place. They let so, us... She said she got away and saying, damn it. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. Um, which I don't know if that was intentional or not, or just like a slip off, slip up. Huh. But the thing I kind of want to note here, too, is um, the credits have already started to roll. So we yes. have like absolutely no idea what the F is going to happen. Like, we think it's I, I just I think the way this is set up is just perfect like the crowds just well it is it's I mean it's absolutely made for binging mm-hmm. I, I I had to hold back from watching the next episode mm-hmm. um, because it, it just you know it, it can roll right into it but it, I mean it's it yeah it they're they're using every moment at their disposal yeah I, um and I, they're yeah. doing like the credits, like literally two minutes before they should be. 
Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's just kind of kind of a genius move on their part. I just, uh, yeah, I think so. Absolutely. Toy with you a little just for kicks, but now you're going. <laughs> and trust me on this, it's a lot worse. <laughs> <laughs> Well done. Let's hope it works. We only have a minute left. Man, crazy twist, huh? It's like something out of a Chip Driver novel. Leave me alone, Brent. <laughs> I'm kind of freaking out over here, man. You're my only real friend. No, I'm not your friend. I don't even like you. But you helped me. Yeah, I did, because I have this stupid moral code that forces me to help everyone, but you have never helped anyone because you don't care about other people, which is the bare minimum that a person has to do. Just care a little about the other people around you, and you can't do it. What are you trying to say here? (laughs) You are a bad person. You can do this. Come on, dum-dum, faster. No, I'm not. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not. I'm not a bad person. I'm not. I'm a good person. Look, Chidi, whatever happens next, I, I, uh, I need to say this to you, all right? I, I am, I am so, so sorry. Sorry, <laughs> Eleanor asked me to bring her this the second the experiment was over. Well, you know what they say, it's zero o'clock in the sky somewhere. <laughs> Going for the pitcher <laughs> and not the salted yep. rim. I, I would have gone for the pitcher. Too. Yeah, um, absolutely. It's uh, she made the right call. Um, I, if he had only said one less so, hey, yeah. he could have gotten sorry out before the clock ran out of oh. And wondering, like, did they record the intention? Like, he actually was straight up going to apologize. I, I, I just, it's set up. Just find out next time um, on what the fork. But, <laughs> but seriously, like, it just ends perfectly. It's just the way that it's set up. I just remember I've seen this episode like three times now, and every time, like, going. Is he gonna change? Is it gonna? Is this gonna be the time? It's a nail biter. Yeah. They do a great job with it. I, I have also seen it approximately that many times, and uh, it doesn't matter. It's like, come on, he can do it. He can do it. He can. Do- oh, yeah. rooting for you, change, Brent. Rooting for you. <laughs> so I did look it up. Mm-hmm. Um, they didn't break for two more episodes. It's kind of a weird split. So it was. It's a. Um, it's a 13-episode season, uh, and they went straight through uh, episode nine before breaking for uh, a little over a month, about a month and a half between November 21st and January 9th. Okay. So it'll be interesting to track what, like, at what point they left us hanging, because I remember getting to that point in real time and being like, oh, what the fuck? <laughs> or what the fork? Or, or that, yeah. yeah. That that too, 
Um, any final thoughts, soulmate? Uh, no, it's a great episode. Yeah, that's we we. I, I think we uh, we covered it. I don't know what else we could really say about it. Yeah, it's it's um, it just it it just ramps up. I mean, I I I, I think that we maybe had one or two fillerish episodes, which mm-hmm. you know makes me think because it just it just kicks into high gear from this point from this episode basically and just keeps going all the way to the final episode. Yeah, it doesn't stop. Not one, yeah. It And it, it makes me wonder, you know, not just with this show, but with shows in general is what's that choice? They only have 13 episodes. Why take two episodes that are that don't really move the story along? If you have so much to cram in, doesn't it seem like you could just Use those two episodes that didn't do a lot to uh, to flesh some of that out. I I don't know, like how I don't know when when we have Michael Shore on our, for our season for our, for our series finale. We'll have to ask him like how does he how does he do the outlines of these stories? Like and, that that would be fantastic. I mean, that, that uh, is, if anybody out there knows Michael Shore or if Michael Shore is listening. Mm-hmm. Uh, hit us up at what the fork pot at gmail or any television writer for that matter. Like what, like for something like a serialized, any serialized show, whether it be your Game of Thrones or your Good Place, pretty much anything but upload. Um, <laughs> yeah, we don't want. We don't want to talk to anyone about upload because there would only be one question, which is why. Yeah. Like, did. Like, did you or um, uh, or some variation of that? Like, why did you yeah. do this? Did me? you like? Did you know that this is going to suck? Um, did you know this is going to be a pale imitation of a show of a beloved show? Um, but Greg Daniels, how does it feel to now be a pale imitation of somebody who once worked for you? Yeah, like how how's that how, how does that make you feel, Greg Daniels? We're such jerks. Yeah. That's such an asinine thing to do. <laughs> Greg Daniels in the hot seat. So, <laughs> did you? So, Greg Daniels, why do you suck? Yeah. So, like, is it because it's Amazon that has to suck, or is it, you know? How does it feel to have really peaked with The Simpsons? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, kick of the hell, man. <laughs> yeah, okay. Okay. Um, I, you know, but I love King of the Hill. I, I don't think uh, King of the Hill at its best beats The Simpsons at its best. I mean, that's neither here nor there, man. It's just don't dismiss it. Just saying, don't. I'm not dismissing it. I'm just saying. Yeah. But uh, anyhow, <laughs> let's 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 close this out. We can we can still manage to get out under two hours. Um, if uh, if if you want to help support the show. Um, Go to Redbubble and uh, look for Hoot and Waddle. You can find all sorts of different items that you can put uh, what the Fork designs on. We've got the our cool logo. We've got our Mask the Fork Up Chili Babies, um, which, you know, as, as COVID is again spiking, it's a good time to get one of those. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, drop the underscore like it's hot. Yeah. And I think Redbubble actually has a big uh, discount sale going on right now. So it's a good time to check that out. You can get something 
for less than it would normally be and, and support the show. And, and Jared, is the link in the yeah. show notes? The link is in the show oh, notes. Man. Yes, that's correct. And since it's a discount, man, maybe I should get a, maybe I should get a what the fork face mask and support my own show. I was thinking that it, it uh, yeah, just, I, I was thinking this. I, I always go for the t-shirt. Um, I have enough face masks at this point. I'm thinking I I, I will go for a for a t-shirt. But I like I like um, mask the fork up chili babies because I mean it does send a powerful message. Um, indeed it does while also it's a conversation starter while also that somebody needs to have six feet away from you while wearing a mask I mean, why not uh send a powerful message um while also plugging my mildly popular podcast um that co-host with my podcast soulmate <laughs> exactly well that does it and uh as we <laughs> As we continue to deal with the shit show fallout of the of the election, hang in there and take it sleazy, chili babies. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> This has been a Hoon Waddle production. If you enjoyed this podcast, why not check out one of our other fine podcasts available from hootandwaddle.com, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, or any number of podcast apps. If you'd like to support Hoot and Waddle and get access to an exclusive member-only podcast, receive discounts on merch, and more, go to patreon.com forward slash Hoot and Waddle.